Um, I, we need to do an audio check, so I don't really have... I don't know what music you like. I really don't. That's why I say you're a very complex, complex guy. guy. I don't know what I like. Um, because I'll be looking singing the greatest showman in the car and then i'll right. be rapping to something and i just i don't and, know yeah. and then you come in and you put on like billy joel hmm. like, <laughs> like it's everything it's and anything a, yeah. a very random thing um do you like iron man iron man really i like the actor but i still like the film rdj robert downey jr yeah but there's marvel and then there's iron man it's like it's so good so what you can Ooh. Edgy. I like it. That's a TV series. Are they? Man, there's so much. Like, do, do you have a Disney Plus account? No. I'm too oh, scared. Yeah, I think Chris does, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've been given access to my mates. And yeah. I'm, I'm petrified of yeah. using it because, not because, because like, I'll be hooked. I, I, it's, yeah. it's gonna, I'm just going to be addicted to it. Do you think there was a transition from not enough interesting content to just too much content? Don't know about the interesting, Way but just much. too much content. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's so much content that I've neglected to read a book that I asked for Christmas that I got called Make Time. Ah. And it defines all of these things in a very specific category. There's two different categories. And one of the categories is called an infinity loop or an infinity vortex or something mm-hmm. and that describes all of nothing that you search for um feed related stuff what i mean feed by like instagram facebook twitter mm-hmm. things that feed you stuff you don't not youtube youtube you go out and search yeah um but feed based stuff it's an inf- infinity pool it's an infinity mm-hmm. pool of information videos oh, wow. all of that stuff and that's what you like if you have an addictive personality i don't know if he says this but i i, I just think like me it's just stuff I gotta stay away from mm. because I, I I enjoy it I like it but like come on yeah you know three hours yeah <clears throat> you need an intro oh that wasn't that I'm just yeah. taking this as a sound check but if you want to use this on a podcast that's cool so um I don't know we always do that right <laughs> oh sorry that's yeah. more for Ram I think he cuts them do you cut them out the claps you don't yeah. cut the claps out Wow. Hi there, welcome to Director's Debrief, episode 12, longest running podcast I think I've ever been a part of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Don't know how that happened. Yeah. Ram, is it recording? I just heard the unrecorded voice. Oh. Cool. Technical difficulties. So, uh, well done. Um, Really? For the longest. Oh, so right back into it. I don't know how we made it here, to be honest. Um, You've been a part of like some big podcasts though, no? Uh, yeah, some I've, I've featured on them. You're yeah. making me sound like I was invited. Because no, I listened yeah. to them, and because the the production value was so high. Yeah. And it was uh, was it an American chap? Yeah. That you, that you were yeah, interviewed yeah, by, right. and he was so enthusiastic about it. I don't know. It just it was a really yeah. good vibe. I, he he was podcast goals. Like yeah. um, before my before the podcast, I had to make sure all my lighting was well, my mic mic checks, all of that. Like there were so yeah. many tutorial videos around it. Okay. Um, so that's when I knew, like, okay, this this guy wasn't going to just deal. let me. Uh, what, what was that called? Right? Uh, up, up, the, up my influence, yeah. Up, so up influence. it's very much about well P and what we do. Mm. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, mm. But yeah, it's it's very much about what we do. Um, surprisingly, I sound pretty coherent in it as well. So um, if you want to know what <laughs> well P do. I think it's, it's definitely not out of date as such. Yeah, but. we don't talk about it much. Ram's just released a really awesome video about FBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is FBA? Video, huh? What is FBA? FBA, I'm so glad. Ram, you want to take over here? Yeah. No? Okay. Uh, fulfilled by Amazon. Great, you... great little service. Yeah. Some of the guys here have been using it for a short while. Mm-hmm. I know, for people yeah. who don't know, I'm being facetious. Like, it's a huge part of our business. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Um, 
Yeah, no, it's this fantastic service that Ram describes so eloquently that I don't want to step on his toes. Mm -hmm. But uh, in a nutshell, you send your products to Amazon and they leverage their huge, amazing fulfillment network and they deliver it. So you order it from Amazon, you might see sometimes fulfilled by Amazon. Um, And that's why Amazon will deliver it for you. It's you or me or Bob, as we like to Mm -hmm. refer to a lot, Bob, good old Bob, Bob. uh, down the road. It's always Bob down the road (laughs) or in his garage, um, can sell a bunch of stuff on Amazon by shipping it to a fulfillment center. Amazon will label it for you, make sure everything is pretty and, and packaged appropriately, yeah. and ships it to this thing. Sounds like a good thing. We should yeah. uh, we should we should look should into do some answer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, sounds I'll, good. Uh, let me hook you yeah. up with uh, Rini and Chris. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll walk you they'll through. In fact, that. they are currently designing our SOP oh, wow. around it, um, like a formal way of how we do that. Yeah, um, because you know there's optimizations to be yeah. made, and when it's all laid out, like. Uh, like your dear friend Alan taught us, yep. you, know, you lay it all out, you find the efficiencies, and mm-hmm. you improve. I love that when you say, um, I mean, so you're, you're the guy that pitched this whole SOP idea. We've been speaking about it for a while, but mm. the idea that we need to formalize all of our processes, mm. because if we really go back to the early days at WorldP, we've always just, you know, full disclosure, clients listening, whoever's listening, we've been winging it, to be honest, for a large part of what we've been doing. And that's worked so well for us because we've been adapting our processes, changing yes. them. And certainly in the early days, you need that um, kind of flexibility. But the thing is, as we grow our team, we develop them and tasks get handed over, delegated, you delegate, I delegate, the team delegated what well, was being delegated and so on. <laughs> yeah. You start to lose what the actual process was and uh, yeah. people take shortcuts. People may not understand it fully. Yeah. Uh, you just so made on. me realize we're like on a third generation of delegation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh. stuff that you've delegated to me that I've delegated to people are now de- being delegated to further. Yeah. People. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, which I'd, I'd love to talk about more. Mm-hmm. However, I'd love to loop it back around to something you brought to me at the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. We were just chatting to Rini, mm-hmm. um, someone from the accounts and data team. And she was saying that she was curious about how it works, some of the strains that we feel. Uh, working as a decentralized platform. Just yeah. first off, do you mind explaining a little bit about what it means to be a decentralized yeah. team? Yeah, I think so. And I'll be honest, we're not one of the first decentralized companies out there. Um, but certainly I think we're, we're pioneers in this area that the whole idea behind a decentralized company actually came from the pandemic. It existed before that, but certainly it sprung more into the mainstream. Yeah. And the idea here is that the team don't necessarily need to have a headquarters base um, to all go into, all operate from. At the end of the day, our clients are all over the world, not just all over the country, all over the world, operating in different time zones, different languages, um, different cultures. And we've noticed, being World Products, that we had to adapt to this and create a team that was able to cater for all this multitude of different, um, all the multitude of different clients and so on. But also understanding the the new things that were coming from a post-pandemic world, mm. you know? People like that flexibility. Doesn't, you know, some people were saying, oh, we're never going back into the office. That is certainly not true. Mm. Um, we love the office. It's a great place to collaborate, engage with people, have a lunch now and then. You know, there's, there's ideas that come out from in-person meetings that simply can't be replicated. Mm. But the thing is, as I said, we live in a post-pandemic world and there are so many benefits to the other way. And whilst we will keep our headquarters in certain areas, really the, the company doesn't revolve about around where we are at the moment. It revol- revolves around 
I've got like 20 of these, but I want to see if, if, if anything springs to mind for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the, the, the pains of running a company like this? Certainly collaboration to get on first, first off the bat, because um, some of our team have never actually met each other. Yeah, and, that's crazy, um, right? Yeah, I hope one day they, they certainly will. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've not met some of our employees mm. in person um, for obvious reasons, firstly, but the idea that there's not really a need to. Yeah. Um, but that does, I say need to, but that does come with its pain that we, there is sometimes that lack of understanding of that employee, you know, what their strengths are and what they're not, because we give them a task, it's completed, very good. We have a little bit of chat and, and banter, yeah. but that's the limitation of it. And certainly I've seen with the employees that we've got on the, on the ground here, yeah. by having those informal chats, by seeing them outside of their normal work to work, work working hours, mm-hmm. Um, you're able to see a lot more behind them and what they're probably capable of, yeah. and that's that's a struggle in the uh, the de- decentralized team. Yeah. yeah. How about you? What what do you feel? About I, I want to piggyback off of the off of your point because I I, I think that's that's sort of it. Um, it's crazy. Sorry, you said that, and it was crazy to me. Somebody like uh, I, I I hate to mention names on the but like Jill and I mm. we've been working together for so long. Yeah, right. And it's crazy to think that they've never been in the same room. Mm. Um, Pretty much communicating every single day. Yeah. Most working hours and they've never actually, yeah. Um, but yeah, just to sort of pee back. And I think this problem roots from leadership because I can definitely see this problem easing yeah. at this point. Um, but it's the fact that you have to have a process. Like we're talking about SOPs. Um, and, ah, um, oh, damn, there's a point about that I wanted to make. But in terms of SOPs and, and processes, that's what are easy to hand off. That's where you can manage or you can set expectations, you can set goals and you can set boundaries and, and limits. Mm. Um, and I think uh, when we initially were just sort of winging it, we're talking a good while ago. It's crazy yeah. to think, but it, it was a good while ago when we were winging, it back was, and winging yeah. it. Um, but the fact was we, we needed a set amount of something from somebody based somebody uh, somewhere yeah. else. And it was really hard to transmit that. And I think we were trying a very traditional approach of how I would explain to you, somebody in the same room as me, we tried to explain that over Zoom Mm -hmm. to somebody a couple thousand, couple hundred miles away. And the shit just doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't. I think you've got to come up with some tools like Monday.com and Trello are wonderful. We use both. Um, But also they're very, those tools are very adaptable. Mm -hmm. You have to find the right way of working on that. I don't even actually think we use that where, I don't think Jill and I really use that anymore. I think they use a spreadsheet now. So it's about finding what's the easiest and most optimized way for you to communicate non-verbally to one another um, and how to set those expectations, how to set workloads, how to distribute work. Mm -hmm. That's why we're sort of doing the SOP. You and I had some very harsh conversations uh, two weeks ago now where we're like, we're not optimized as a team. We keep bringing this new business in and it keeps just being going, oh, this person can handle that, that person can handle that. When in actual fact, Probably if you take the components off this person, this person, and that person, that's one job, right? Mm. And so why isn't one person doing that? Because they can use the information from this and that. Yeah, And so absolutely. all of this communication needs to be different when somebody's not in the same room as yeah. you. So that's, that's, that's definitely a strain I've felt, but it's something that we can actively work on. Um, you definitely. Know. And I think um, it's part of our culture and our DNA of optimizing. Mm. Um, because and not to diss on other companies, but they, they, other companies grow very fat, very quickly, and then they're unable to think about the optimization. And it's probably not a priority at the end of the day. Growth, grow at all costs. You yeah. know, the optimization can come later, 
Um, but certainly something we have in our DNA is we want to grow and um, sustainably, but grow very quickly yeah. where possible. But on the same token, make sure we're not carrying that fat and that bulk with us. Uh, it comes from us obviously working a lot in AI, certainly on the e-commerce side of things. We want to find, squeeze the most out of that yeah, yeah. that lemon and that that, um, that piece of fruit, you know, squeeze the most juice out of it. And AI has taught us that. We've been seeing the, the results there. And I think that has to do with us looking at decentralized team mm. because you're talking about optimization of how they work together, but also the team members as well. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when we need a specialty role, such as uh, inventory management, or we need something in listings, optimizations, marketing, influencer marketing, and so on, we want the best person for that job Absolutely. that we can find. Yeah. Obviously, at the the correct pay and the <laughs> correct rate that we were able to um, to budget into that. Yeah. But we want the best talent and. The only way to really do that is you go to certain areas, um, so you can go to certain major cities, and they're kind of honeypots for attracting, and I use this really carefully, but better talent or higher quality talent. That tends to be why companies choose places like London um, and so on. But that seems to be changing, you know? That talent is asking for more than just pay, asking for more than just being in a certain location. And that comes with flexibility. Some people want to live wherever they can. You know, yeah. at the moment we don't actually know where some of our remote team members are in the country <laughs> or in the world, yeah. and that's okay as long as they're checking and working and, and doing their job. And that's the flexibility that comes with it. So something interesting there. You say I use this word carefully, but better talent. Why do you use that word carefully? Would like I think we can say with some relative confidence within the UK, a majority of the talent resides in the bigger cities. Yep. Uh, I've, I've kind of had this belief and that is shifting. Mm. That's why you said carefully, but like London, Manchester, Birmingham, yep. that's when you say talent, that's where my mind goes to. In terms yeah. Of uh, why do you use that word carefully? Because I think firstly, better is a very general word and it's very hard to actually quantify what better means. True. Um, bigger pool? Yeah, I'd say bigger pool, yeah. right? Because at the end of the day, you could be anywhere and you could find that diamond in the rough, yeah. right? So it doesn't mean that, oh, just because you're in uh, London, you will find the best person for that Very job. True. You could be anywhere, yeah, yeah. but it does increase your probability. Yeah. Now imagine you're not just in London, but you've increased that pool to anywhere in the world, oh, world. where you could employ someone from London, but they yeah. don't need to be where you are. Yeah. And that's essentially where we go. And the thing there is it allows us still to maintain a lean company. Yeah. It allows us as operators of the company to hold that sense of leadership and responsibility but not requiring to always be present there with the with the team always be open and, and willing to communicate so it kind of frees up our our time and our our responsibility as well so that, that i'm seeing the positives and certainly a post pandemic pandemic world has opened and kind of shown where that's going yeah. yeah do you think we could have done what we did in a non-decentralized and this is why i'm saying i'm not saying our hand was forced to go in this direction but we saw a, a spike in growth during the pandemic. Yep. Makes sense, right? We mm -hmm. help agency, uh, sorry, we help brands up their online game. When did people need their online game? During the pandemic. Yeah. So that's where we saw a rapid increase in our growth. And, mm -hmm. and thankfully, we're doing everything to maintain that momentum. Um, but we did it in a time during lockdown. Yeah. And so when we started to, to broaden our horizons to increase the number of members of our team, we started to look all around the world because mm -hmm. we, we had to. Yeah. It didn't make sense it, to just refine in the UK because why? They're not coming in. Yeah. Um, do you think we would have grown at the same rate had we gone with a centralized team? Bigger office, more people in here? Yeah, sure. Um, it's a good question. Mm. So I think answer that in a few parts. Um, firstly, yes, our hand 
you know, was pushed. Yeah, it, it was pushed. Yeah, it, it wasn't quite forced, but it was certainly pushed that at the end of the day, we had this requirement, this demand, and we needed that that to grow. Um, and we and wanted we, to. Yeah. Some, we always talked about it. Of course, of course. And that's, that's it. It's like we either miss out on this opportunity. I say miss out again because we didn't know how long that opportunity was going to last. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. turns out it has continued and uh, companies have doubled down, brands have doubled down on online. Yeah. Um, but certainly we wanted to, to enjoy or kind of reap the rewards of that time. So our hand was, was pushed um, and we took on that decentralized version. But what it made us do, and this was a very overnight challenge, and we, we kind of pride ourselves on quite innovative guys or certainly in a very innovative team. We're think, trying to think ahead. Yeah. We're all about that anti-dinosaur atmosphere. Definitely. But to a certain extent, I look at myself, I was a bit of a dinosaur at that time because the whole idea of migrating to this whole decentralized team, uh, working from home, culture, all of that, as much as I knew that things were going that way, I didn't see the benefits to their full extent until the pandemic happened. We joked about it. We talked about working from home way before COVID was a thing, yeah, you know? Yeah, know, but the thing that occurred to me was it was a nice to have. Yeah. Uh, and I realized it's actually a benefit to both the employee and to the business when done right and conducted right. So yeah, our hand was pushed, but it built that trust certainly for me and I think for yourself as well as to how successful that um, that structure could be for a company. And I mean, we only employed one or two decent, uh, kind of I could decentralized uh, kind of remote workers yeah. um, in working internationally, but it's worked for us. And I mean, we're building uh, foreign account teams now um, mm. from our, our laptops and it's, it's incredible how, <laughs> Because once you build that trust and you get that confidence, then you double down uh, and bring that back. And I think that's allowing us to, to grow quicker now. Yeah, on that side. But on what, what was your perspective, certainly before the pandemic on this? Like if I'd come to you, say, I don't know, even February 2020 yeah. um, or December 20, uh, sorry, yeah, December 2019. And I said, Sam, the future is remote working. Mm. Where would your head have been at compared to where it is now? Um, my mind shifted but it shifted along much earlier than that. Because uh, I worked for a finance company where the option to work remote was being tested. It was being sort of pushed as well. I'd, I'd put in a request to work um, remotely and I'd done it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I've probably gone the opposite of, I used to think remote working is great and now I'm veering away from it. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that isn't the people we current, our current people who work remotely. Yeah, sure. Them. I definitely don't think that uh, because there is, what I, I think what I'm trying to say is people often go, this is the best and this is the best. No, 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 no. Dif- in my opinion, different sets of pros and cons. Yeah. Right? Um, decentralized has its pros it, and it, you know, we've just talked about one of the cons. Mm-hmm. You have to adapt your entire, how you think and operate as a business. Yeah. Um, and then there is that in-person and, um, creativity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I would say initially when I worked for the finance company, it was a very um, repetitive role as a fraud analyst. So yeah. it was, uh, it was uh, I'm not going to say that, yeah. but uh, it, it was basically do, 20, do the same thing 22 times per day. Sure. I think for those roles, it's very easy to just go work from home if you want to, see if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've much now taken a shift of some of the things people are calling pros and benefits. I don't know 
I'm all up for giving the choice, but I'm not sure. Like, here's two things I have a relatively controversial opinion on. Mm -hmm. Flexi hours and working full-time remotely. Okay. Uh, I don't think they should be just something that's thrown out on the table. I think yeah. there's some certain things that should be a conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas before, I was just like, everybody should be able to work from home. Everybody should have flexi yeah. hours. Now, I'm much more of this side because... Um, so, how could, so let's, let's take two apart. So, flexi hours, for example. Yeah. What's your opinion on flexi hours? I'm pretty anti-flexia. Mm -hmm. And that is, th this may be a controversial opinion. I just want to say, you know, anybody who's thinking about working with us or, or something like that, I, I don't, I'm not hardly against flexi hours. I, I'm much more that up for flexi hours as a conversation. It's yeah. not in the job description or whatever. We talk about it. Yeah. And if it's something we can accommodate, then let's, let's go. Like, I don't sure. want you to miss out on this opportunity just because you want to take your kids to school. Yeah. Know, we, can, we can work on that. The reason why I'm very anti-flexi hours, and what I mean is like you have core hours from like 10 to 4, and mm -hmm. then outside of those you can come in two hours later, two hours earlier. Yeah. Um, the reason why I'm against that is I'm very pro-routine. Mm. I think humans perform their best during routines. Maybe people are different, but I do genuinely think knowing that you start at 9, knowing that you start at 8, is a really good way to... Um, to because this is a conversation about distancing yourself from work on LinkedIn at the moment, yeah. right? Of like, oh, this is a picture of my daughter who stayed up until half 10 at night with her laptop and stuff like that. Mm. And that's why that's what I think the solution is, like hard routines. Mm. You come in at nine, you know what you're, like you, you're in work mode. Yep. You work until a set hour and then you're off work mode. Sure. There's certain things that differ from that, emergencies, you and me don't necessarily have yeah. off work. No, no, yeah, but I get it. That's the thing. If if Ollie said this beautifully on a podcast uh, not too long ago, of like, yeah, you've got good values. Yeah, you, you've got good work ethic. Do absolutely everything you can to push this mission forward. Just not at the expense of family, health, or you know, certain mm. aspects. I think that's where that you can start to build a divide using a routine. Yeah. From nine to six, you give it your everything. Yeah. Or eight to four, nine to four, whatever your working hours are, you absolutely give it your everything. But after that, that's where you need to create this healthy divide of you live your life outside. Of yep. work. Um, and that's where I think is the best of both worlds. I don't think people are glad the camera died there because yeah. I realized I was, I was kind of going in circles. But no, to sort of yeah. summarize, yeah, I'm very pro solid fixed routine. That's why I'm very, um, if, if you've worked with me or if I've been anybody's manager, you'll know I'm very harsh on time. People yeah. are just like, why, why are you so harsh on their one minute, two minute late? Mm. Um, that comes from a long term serving in retail where five minutes early is on time, on time is late. Yeah. Uh, but also, yeah, I'm very, I'm very harsh on it. And people on LinkedIn will say, I see these posts and, uh, that where they're just like, I don't care if you come in on time. I don't care if you do all of that stuff. I'm like, I do. Yeah. And I think that's quite a controversial opinion now. Before it would have been fine. But now uh, of any times, so I think... The fact that I'm so harsh on, you know, even some of the staff brought it up. Like, yeah. what, why is 902 a problem? And I explained myself. But, like, I am very harsh on time. Yeah. I think punctuality is absolutely everything. Um, and I always set the expectation of, like, and then you're not expected to stay afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah, that's that's that's. I can't carry that balance. I think that's great. And it's interesting how you've been on that whole perspective. Maybe that's from your your time as a fraud analyst and your other other roles all the way through to directorship and kind of being that i don't know if it's it being an ownership mentality puts you in that perspective or simply just the experience that you've had of running a routine and seeing how beneficial it is for you and i think you you, you stated it right that at the end of the day it's not that it's not being anti-flexi hours it yeah. works for so many people you know at the end of the day we want to encourage the best talent yeah. and the best talent requires flexibility from our side to yeah. offer 
to certain people that may be young mums or may um, require to go after, look after their grandparents or so on. They require that flexibility. Yeah. We're here because we want the best talent. Yeah. We want the best people and that's what it takes, um, putting it simply. But I, I, yeah, I think it's a great perspective. And if anything, you've you've put that instilled that into me a little bit as well, that how important it is for the, the team, for everything that we do. Mm. Um, and it's a very good perspective. Yeah, I th- I'm, I'm really glad we sort of mentioned that because it is one of those where if you are a, a parent or if you are a carer for somebody and you want flex hours, I'm very open to it. And I mm. think it should be a discussion. Uh, because you know, I, I do see the LinkedIn posts. I follow uh, certain pages that talk about this. Like, I'm a young mom, and look at this opportunity that I've got. I can work from home. I can look after my kid. Or I'm yeah. a young father, and I, I want to stay home and look after my kids. And I also want to work. Sure. Um, I don't think that talent is worth any less than somebody who can stick by the routine that I happen to think is better. Yeah. Um, I just think that that should be a thing where you mention that rather mm. than it's like it's open to everybody. This is something that I disagreed with the uh, CEO Jesus that we talked about yeah. uh, in the podcast with Ollie, where he's just like, I gave my employees a choice, simple as that. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't think that's in the best interest of your business or or your employees. Yeah. I'd, you're kind of just throwing it out there as, yeah. Yeah, because, sorry, were you going to make a point? No, no, yeah. So, uh, no, on that on that part, all I'm, I was really going to say is... Um, on the flexi side, there are so many good benefits and you have to make sure that the employee requires those benefits. It's not just a, oh, nice to have, I can wake up a little bit late or I can do this or I, I can just leave a little bit early when I'm not feeling it. It's, it's more within if you need it or not. Yeah. And it's a perk, hopefully, in, in, in some way or another. But the the other thing that I'm, I am I see more and more is the idea that, look, and I think this was your, your next point that you're coming to about having a headquarters and having people interact with each other, which we're we are struggling with with a decentralized team. You know, how do you really teach someone the way you, you need your method? You know, there's something about interacting that you can just say it straight. Even we do these Slack huddles. Yeah. Um, we haven't gotten the habit of it. Maybe that will change. Um, but there's something about just being able to see you and just being like, Sam, that's what I meant. And you yeah. just understand straight away yeah, yeah. that we we struggle with. On the same token, I see that we have this this area. This could be here or it could be another location in the future or so on. Well, we have people hot desking, coming in, mm. interacting, maybe a couple meetings a week and so on. But I can't think of anyone that wouldn't benefit from a certain amount of flexibility. That's not going on holiday and taking the Friday off or mm. the Monday off. That can happen if, if it's required. Mm. But I mean, just being able to work somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We talk about some members of staff that may in the future prefer to work from home a little bit during the week or, or so on, or may... Um, may require that little bit of extra flexibility, but they enjoy their job. And so many people in the past have had to give up jobs they love or progression that they loved because of circumstance. And this whole remote world doesn't end that, but it certainly reduces that greatly that, you know, at the end of the day, you can do whatever you want now. Um, If you you had to move to Manchester, this could still work. You know, things, things can operate in the same manner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, like I, I do 100% agree. Like I said, the, the person who is working remotely, I don't think of them as worth anything less than the person who is coming in. I'm just somebody who I feel like everybody's looking at that person and turning a complete blind eye to the benefits that come with a routine. Sure. And that's what I kind of really wanted to highlight. Yep. Um, the other aspect that I wanted to talk about is kind of tags along to your point of um, you and me both went through the, a similar sort of schooling system, yeah. primary school, secondary school, college, and then university, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like after university, I'd love to ask you this maybe off camera around. I feel like after university, you lose the platform to make friends. Yeah. Unless you put yourself out there. 
High, schools, college and university, you're forced into a room full of two to three hundred people. Sometimes in the university, alcohol's involved, which yeah. is matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's a great platform to meet people, to make friends. You're forced to interact with a large group of people. Yeah. I always think that's beneficial. And that we, we can talk a whole other podcast about why I think that's beneficial, but not this one. Oh. Um, and that's something that I think is very pro-office as well, is that an office is one of those environments. It's one of those places where you're just plucked and you plop that. This isn't an original idea, by the way. I, I heard this off somebody else. Yeah, yeah, sure. You just Act pl- like it's original. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. My idea, 100%. <laughs> You're placed in an environment where you might be a little bit unfamiliar mm-hmm. um, and it forces you out of your comfort zone. Mm. Uh, and that is a skill that I think is invaluable to, 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 to anything. Sure. Um, shit. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I think come, is another benefit of, of the office. Yeah. Again, something that I think can be fixed with uh, regular events, Zoom events, you know, quizzes. I know I took part in a few yeah. over lockdown. Uh, and I know you did for yeah. sure too. Um, I don't know how many people would love us to host a Zoom quiz at the moment, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, I completely. I, I mean, I, yeah, there's no denying the benefits of in-person stuff. Yeah. Absolutely none. But as companies progress, they're, yeah, they're, and certainly ours in particular, like we want to offer both absolutely, um, and get the most best of both, hopefully in return. Which brings me on to the, the, the juiciest question, the one that I think I was going to say, like I could talk a whole podcast about this, but yeah. I just want to tease it at it. Do you think that that should just be left on the table for the person to decide? Or do you think that should be a business decision? Or do you think that should be a mutual decision? Mm, it's a very good question. Right. So, again, this I have to really reiterate this, but just from what you said earlier, that it's not as if you treat certain remote workers as differently to those that are in-house. Yeah. But there does come a level of... Um, kind of requirement for the for a certain role like someone may you know this is their job and actually they can do this in a remote working environment and that's where we would have that mutual connection because that's coming from a business decision and also seeing if they're comfortable working remotely or they like coming in um if it's purely left to the employee um i certainly think they can raise it with us but it's very difficult to just adapt to that there are certain roles that simply can't i think that's answering your question a little bit i'm yeah, not too yeah, sure yeah yeah, you're on the um, lines, yeah. yeah so that there's certain roles that simply can't be taken remotely again we address it where possible mm. but there are certain roles there but is that what, what kind of where, where were you going with this I, yeah 100 percent there because i think there is this and i think what you've just said and what i'm about to say i'm a little bit scared to say it but i genuinely think everybody is too scared to say it but I do think it needs to be a mutual thing. Mm. I do genuinely think that uh, an employee or a worker should feel completely comfortable raising it to their management. It shouldn't be a taboo subject. It shouldn't be something you're afraid of. Absolutely. But the way that companies are either treating this or bragging almost on LinkedIn about it is, yeah, we left it up to the employee. Yeah, we did it to that. Genuinely, I'm like, I want to talk to you in five years. Yeah. I really do. because, And I'm talking about Dan Price in particular, CEO Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have actually a problem with him. I think his morals and ethics are top tier. I think what he's doing is a wonderful thing. I think, though, what he's saying is a little bit dangerous, which is, and, and again, this is where Ram, show this video to Ash once you've edited it and, and let me know if this is too much to ask. Uh, sorry, too much to, to, to say on that. Yeah. But I don't think it should be entirely up to the employee. And here's my rationale. Dan Price always asks, acts like, from his posts that I'm seeing, that it is in the person's best interest to give people just complete free reign and complete free movement. And this is the bit that I think is a little bit controversial. I don't believe that that to be the case. Whereby, 
it's him. It's him that's posting. I don't care if you're 20 minutes late. I don't care if this gets done. I don't care. All I care is that this, this is this objective is hit and this. And I don't think that's in the best interest of the employee. And here's why. I think if somebody does something that is out of line or something, it isn't in the best interest for you to pat them on the head and go, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. I think it's fine to express a little bit like, no, you are better than this and that's mm. why we expect better. And that will elevate them to step up their game. It will encourage them to step up their game. Yeah. Um, and I think that's beneficial not only in the time that they're with you, but if, if, if and when they choose to move on to the next place in their career, then they show a great ethic. They're like, okay, when I produce something that's subpar, that, that wasn't good enough and sure. I stepped my game up there. And so that's how I think you start to evolve. Like if somebody is showing a lack of discipline when it comes to punctuality, you're like, no, I expect this. So mm. you, that's what I'm expecting. I'm raising your bar. I'm raising what the expectation is of you. In a world where everybody thought like Dan Price, I think that would work because they'd move on to the next place of employment with the same set of expectations. Sure. But I don't think we live in that world. If you move on from Dan Price's company to work in like retail or to work in any other industry where on time is yeah. early, you're in for a hell of a shock. And when you don't meet 30% of these traditional expectations, you only meet 70%. How do you think that's going to go down when you move to a company that has that 100% of the expectation? Yeah, it's, it's a great point And it's, it's really interesting. I mean, if I'm playing devil's advocate here, Please do. Um, yeah, for, for, a, for a moment, because there are parts of what you said that I do agree with. Um, and some parts I'm just trying to kind of digest in my mind. So when you, what, I haven't seen Dan Price, so I can't, I can't comment directly in um, saying, but I'll try and paraphrase what you I'll paraphrased. Sure. <laughs> so um, one of the things that he said was, uh, I, we care about the objectives and reaching those objectives, but the little things such as being little things, again, I do that little, uh, little things don't matter so much, being late, being this. Now, in essence, what he's trying to say is a lot of people will then focus their energy on making sure they're on time, but then be subpar in trying to actually achieve those objectives. Okay. Like you could um, you could be in retail and retail is a difficult one because you kind of have to be there on time yeah, to yeah, open up. Sure. Um, but I don't know, it could be coming to the office. So say coming to, to WP's office, you could be here on time at 8 a.m every day without fail hit that objective because you think that's one of the main objectives mm. but really what benefits the business mm. what benefits the objective of the business and that could be actually no just getting the the tasks that you've been given mm. doing that to the best of your ability that could take you half an hour mm. or it could take you eight hours yeah. but that is what we need you to do to the best of your ability whereas you coming in at 8am and yeah there's there's reason here it might not be and i'm just playing Pure Please devil's do, advocate yeah, because I, I have yeah but yeah so what's your so in 2017 I went through one of the hardest interviews probably and it was to be a manager of a particular retail store uh, and I was asked what kind of manager I am and at the time I think I said something loosely along the lines of I like to manage my team very much from within um, the real the the better answer to that question is I like to manage holistically mm -hmm. I don't manage like. Right now, I manage a team of managers. Yeah. And so I need to make sure, but this applies to even before that we had this sort of infrastructure. I think you have to consider absolutely everything and you have to make sure that your tool, your teams have the tools and resources to do 
their jobs to the best of their ability. Okay. That is my only objective when I really think about it. I do have objectives, but if, I, if you were to tell me, Sam, I need you to tell me the one thing that is imperative to you to make sure this business succeeds and operates as it does, and I'll tell you that it is the only thing in, on my mind, mm-hmm. is to make sure my team has the tools um, and the resources that they need to make sure they do their job. That's what I mean by holistic. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is that uh, down to everything, that they have the tools physically, the right computer, the right technology, but also that they're in the right headspace when they're in the office. Sure. Um, that means to a very strict limit, knowing what's going on in their lives. Because if somebody does a certain thing, I need, I kind of need to know why. If somebody starts to behave a little bit out of character, if somebody's mentality changes, their performance dips. I've had this before. My performance dips. And all I kept getting from the my senior people at the company was just shadow. Your performance ain't good enough. Fix it up, fix it up. I'm going through 25 different things of crap at home. Yep. That's why my performance is here. Um, but instead, they just came down on me like a hammer to the point where I left. I decided this isn't the place of employment for mm-hmm. me. The reason why I say a hard limit is it's hard to get too involved because then when it comes to sitting down, like, why were you late? You cannot let that cloud your judgment. Mm. Um, and you cannot let, give anybody any sort of perks yep. for, being, for the, being the person who listens to them. But it is important to me and, and like knowing where people are at. Because if they start to act out of character, I need to know what the character was that they're acting out of. Sure. Um, because it might not be work-related. It might be the case of somebody needs... Uh, some time off and I've seen this time and time again with numerous different people not even here like across different employers I've, I've been in management yeah. five or six years now yeah. and I've seen that in different places so that's what I would answer to that like it, uh, to me it's not about setting five objectives of equal value 25% 25% sorry 20% 27% and being on time is one of them mm. it's I need to make sure you're here with the right headspace you're here in a work frame of mind if you're running late or if you're think it's it's more of like my mentality starts from like after my morning shower. That's when I start to assemble my bag and start driving to work. Okay. Um, and if I'm, yeah, I, so that's, that's where everything sort of builds up to the nine o'clock. Yeah. And I think setting a hard limit and a routine really helps you distance from, from your home and your work. So when you're here, it's work time. And again, it sort of helps you like, home problems and work problems are very different entities yeah and in all it's almost like not that it's too healthy but like it's an escape yeah you come sure. here for eight hours you don't have to deal with your problems at home yeah. you deal with your problems at work um and it works the other way as well works the other way your as problem well. your problems at work yeah some are very urgent but on the whole they can wait <laughs> yeah yeah um so i do think your, your point is very valid and i think maybe in in certain places it's like come here on time and then this person will come in on time and miss all the other objectives. I'm like, but I'm very punctual. Yeah. You know, I can see that happening. I can absolutely see that happening. But I think it is also up to leadership to just go, no, that's 5% of your goal. I need yeah. I need the other 95. I need you to step up. Yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's well said. And uh, <laughs> that, was, that was definitely the, the answer I was probably looking for. So fantastic. Cool. cool. Um, Unless you have something else, I think. I think yeah, I think we've covered a really chat. yeah, yeah. A really nice uh, chat on a conversation didn't expect to to really have. No. Um, but luckily, Rini Rini kind of plucked the idea. Thanks, Rini. Um, She's not dead. She just and it's interesting because it has been on our minds. Yeah, yeah. You know, we as we're developing the team, we're like, are we really employing this many people in another country or yeah. doing this and setting this team up here? But. But it's crazy because you and I, I think, have both very strongly defended both arguments. We've but like. We're both very strongly gone. No, I'm like working from home is great. Yeah. And then I've been like, well, routine is also amazing. Being yeah. in the office is also amazing. 
And it kind of makes sense when you look at our business. You yeah. know, there is a very relatively even split mm-hmm. of people working all over the world um, and the team who work just upstairs in the office. Absolutely. Um, Great stuff. How, how's this been for you, Ram? You've been, uh, I can feel that you're hooked on this conversation. Yeah. Okay. I, I see a grin of satisfaction yep. from Ram, which I think... We can't go wrong then. Yeah, <laughs> I think that means we're happy to wrap up. Yep, I yeah, I think so. All right. So, um, yeah, I forget exactly what I'm meant to do every time, but... <laughs> Thanks for listening, uh, watching, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, however you're listening. But make sure to subscribe if you're on certain podcast channels or on YouTube. Um, or give us a like or a comment wherever you are as well because we want to hear some feedback and know what you want to hear. So, thanks for listening. And goodbye. See you next week.